boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to another episode of the Keel Podcast. I am your host, as always, Alex Keel. Alongside me, the insider to the insiders, Tyler Keel. Hello. Tyler, we have a great episode lined up for today and our very first guest, a very special guest. Yes, uh, a very special guest. Well, you can say we had to... We had, to, we had to maneuver, we had to stick handle, we had to snipe and go bar down to get this guy. You could say we even had to dangle. Dangle, ooh. Dangle, Hockey snipe dangle. silly. Yeah. Dangle, snipe silly. But, so we're going to talk about the guests, we're probably going to talk about the Mike Hoffman trade. Yep. The one where we went to San Jose for a couple picks and a prospect, and then he went to Florida for three picks. Good old lot. pinball machine. Yes, pinball. I haven't played pinball in a long time. Neither have I. We should go down to Stella's. Do they have Oh yes, they, they do have a couple of Stella's, yeah, that's correct. There you go. Yes. You have to go before nine o'clock, you little youngling. Yeah. But so we got that coming up. As also, we're gonna talk Leafs free agency because our our guest is a huge Leafs fan, just like us. Right. So and we are a. We don't talk enough about the Leafs, right? I mean, it's not like we're a Leaf centric podcast or something. Well, I mean, uh, well, I, actually, I was pretty calm after Game Seven. I think. Yeah. By the way, still uh, don't like no, you because no. you didn't let me watch Game 7 with you. Yeah. But that's another story for another day. Well, you live and you learn, Alex. So I think now is a good time to give our guest a call and bring him in and talk some free agency and a little bit of controversy there in Canada's capital. Sounds like a pretty good plan, Stan. My name's Tyler. My name's Jeff. All right, and we are bringing our special guest in on the podcast today. We have the the leader of the Dangle Navy. He's got over 82,000 uh, subscribers on his personal YouTube channel. He is the contributing a contributing writer, excuse me, on uh, Sportsnet, and he also is the co-host of the Steve Dangle podcast. Uh, we have Steve Dangle with us today. Hey, Steve Dangle. Woohoo! Thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on there, Steve. Oh, no problem at all. It's been a fun day, eh? Oh, it's been, it's been a wild one. So so we, we talked briefly about the Mike Hoffman trade, and I think one of the biggest things was, before we kind of go into the details of the trade, it wasn't a matter of if, I would say, but it was a matter of when, given everything that's going on in Ottawa. I mean, <laughs> you know, I was, I was kind of thinking about it. Um, when the Leafs won, I think it was 11 out of 55, uh, their, their final 55 games of the 14-15 season, when they fired everybody, when they finished last the next year, at no point during that stretch was it as bleak as it is in Ottawa right now, and it happened so quick, and my head spinning trying to figure out how the hell they got to this point so quickly. I mean, like you, we've always said it. They were one goal away from the Stanley Cup Finals. They were in Game Seven. Kunitz scores, and then just was it the fact they? Ch- did anyone else notice they changed the numbers and the names on the back of their sweaters? You think that had to do something with it? Yeah, that or regression. <laughs> 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 uh, to, to get, had, uh, you, you know, it, it's funny people were talking about that team even during the run, like all the you know playing playing better than they actually are and stuff like that, but when you're that close to the Stanley Cup, I mean, who really cares? And ultimately, they were a goal and four wins away from, from the Cup, but uh, I I just, I, it's the perfect storm. It's the perfect storm. Uh, they didn't quite get the same goaltending. They had some injuries. Uh, they just totally whiffed on the Duchesne trade, uh, and then it kind of compounded from there. Like, their AHL team is not very good. 
this Hoffman thing emerges. Um, gosh, I'm probably even missing one. Randy Lee. Uh, I forgot with all that. So it went from them being, you know, them regressing a bit to them being unlucky to them completely screwing up to uh, just all kinds of dark behind-the-scenes stuff that, like, you can't even account for. This is, it's one of the worst seasons I've seen for any team uh, in my lifetime, I would say. And, and like, Buffalo, in, Buffalo in the McGeico year, like, they meant to suck. And just because it didn't work out for them doesn't necessarily mean uh, it was the worst season ever for them. Like, how many controversies were there, really? Like, did, did this... It just just blew the whole damn thing up. It's so bad, and it's, it might get worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Alex, sorry. Well, I mean, obviously you're bringing up uh, the fact that they didn't have the the greatest developmental system and then kind of bringing that into how Toronto has the uh, just newly crowned Calder Cup champions in the Marlies. Um, so just kind of jumping into this uh, Toronto Maple Leafs free agency kind of off season. Do you see the Maple Leafs organization more of as a buyer or uh, a seller in this uh, offseason? Um, I, I think they're going to be tinkering. I think there's going to be a lot of tinkering and maybe a little bit of buying and selling. Um, I want to say it was Justin Bourne sort of put it brilliantly. You know, Dubas has been with the Leafs since 2014, and he was only sort of given the reins in 2015. He was like a, like a halfway kind of player. Right. Sorry, halfway um, manager with uh, Mark Hunter there. Um, but the whole time you're with the team, you know, you're not thinking about what you would do if you were in church. You know, this isn't some guy on the outside looking in. This is a guy who's been working in the organization for the past four years, and he's probably going to undo some of the things he doesn't like very much, and he's going to go out and try to have some fun. Paul Stastny's available. Artemi Panarin is allegedly available. We just saw on uh, Elliot Friedman tweet. That was crazy. Yep, good boy, Fridge. Uh, there's a Kovalchuk wild card, although I don't see why they would use him. John Tavares. Uh, and, and I don't even think I've mentioned a single defenseman yet. Right. Well, well, I think the biggest thing, because I think it was, was it Friedman or was it Chris Johnson that tweeted out or talked about how the Leafs like put like together like like a promo video for Tavares. They they even put ice in at the ACC or, or okay, can we do we call the Scotiabank Arena yet or still called the ACC? I think July first at Scotiabank Arena. Okay, so so at the ACC, but they put in ice just for this promo video. So it looks like the Leafs are making a legit push. So kind of going with Tavares now. Obviously, he's the big guy, and I know there's been word that he's still talking with the Islanders. Obviously, Lou's in there tinkering around and doing some stuff with the Lou crew. Do you think that Tavares is maybe, if if he comes to Toronto, is he going to be paid the same he would anywhere else? Or do you think he does maybe look at that hometown discount that we kind of got with, you know, Connor Brown and Zach Hyman? Well, the problem with uh, Tavares and any idea of a hometown discount is he kind of gave the Islanders that. Uh, his cap is one of the best in the NHL and has been for a number of years here. I'm kind of bringing it up right now here on Cap Friendly. It was... $5.5 million for John Tavares. Are you joking? Are you joking? In actual dollars, he made six. Uh, and this, this summer, he's going to sign for 10 maybe more. So, uh, hometown discount, I, I kind of doubt it. But, I mean, there's all kinds of advertising opportunities with the Leafs. Um, you know, a number of the players already had them. They 
sort of tried to keep uh, Marner, Nylander, and Matthews away from them, but uh, that is obviously stopped. I mean, Marner's been doing a, a ton of promotional stuff that, that I've been seeing up here. But like John Tavares is already, there's a, there's a grocery store by where we record the podcast. They, they use John Tavares to sell coconut water. <laughs> well, that and what? That, got a coconut water sponsorship. Oh, well, I'm, that's not as good as, though, the Crosby Wonder Bread, though. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, how dare you, sir? <laughs> no, you don't, you don't get, you don't no. Oh, gosh, no. No, yeah, you can, you can use hockey to sell anything. There, there's, so you guys are from Michigan, you said? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, there's Toronto Maple Leafs branded oranges at the grocery store. Like, So if Tavares did leave money on the table to join the Leafs, uh, you could find a way to make it up, I'm sure. Well, it's funny you mention that because for a while there, uh, up at the grocery store up Meyer, so like Meyer's like a, what you, I guess like a Value Mart, I guess. It's like a Walmart, but a Michigan Midwest thing. They finally started selling like 12 pack of uh, Molson Canadians of the NHL Centennial like a few weeks ago, like in 2018. So I think it took them a year to finally get into the States, probably. So <laughs> everything kind of uh, takes a minute. But, Steve, you mentioned for a brief second there how Dubas kind of was on the draft floor in 2015. And we we kind of had, like, a running gag here for a minute about the Carolina Hurricanes and what Tommy Dundon said. Like, kind of like a running gag for the first couple weeks. And he did mention openly that he was very open to trading anyone. And Justin Falk is an all-star defenseman. He made the all-star team at the Metro Division. He is a right-handed defenseman. He I mean, his numbers may not look great, but, I mean, he's on Carolina. I mean, he doesn't – there's not a whole lot there. Do you think Dubas maybe considers that 24th – I think it's 24th pick, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. 24th in the first round. Correct, yeah. Uh, I think 25th. 25th now? Oh, I, I remember there was that whole thing of how San Jose did or Pittsburgh did. Yeah, 24th or 25th, somewhere around there. Well, it's not like how it used to be yeah. where, we, where it was a top 10 pick every year. Right. <laughs> so – but do you think Kyle maybe uses that pick or maybe something else to maybe look at getting a guy like Justin Falk or someone else in the draft, you know, on the draft floor? Um, you know, it's funny. People keep talking about all these big fish with Davis, and, and, and I think, you know, Falk is probably one of the uh, lesser names available uh, that, that people are talking about anyway in rumors. Um, but with Davis, like, I'm, I'm more excited to see the – for lack of a better term, and I'm sure he would hate that I would say this, uh, like Moneyball kind of moves. Like I, I, he was talking about market inefficiencies and stuff, and he was also talking about how good the Marlies have been. Like I want to see what creative, cheap moves he can pull off because getting a guy like Paul is going to be really expensive. The one thing I will say is on the wings, something's got to give. Something's got to give. They they just have too many NHL. Uh, ready guys on the wing. Someone free Josh Levo for crying out loud. I was I was just about to say something there. I was just about to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Freevo yeah. all the way. Like he, I mean, and, and they got they got guys they got guys with uh, if not better uh, in the minors, and uh, those guys, uh, you know, they've played hockey games over the last year. Exactly, and the thing about Levo is like any. How long before it's like he he's so he's always the bashful? Oh, I want to play for Toronto. I want to play for my team. You can only last that for so long. I mean, I and we know he can't get sent down to waivers because he'll get picked up for free. And you don't want that if you're Dubas. You want to kind of try to get something for him in return, at least. 
Right. Well, and Levo even said there was a bit of an awkward moment this year where you know, the Leafs could have sent him down on a conditioning stint, and he refused. Uh, and he was right to refuse. Uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure what he was going to learn exactly. Um, I think he's an effective offensive player. The issue was they didn't trust him to, uh, they don't really trust him in his own end. And I'm not really sure he's done enough to prove it. Like, I, I think he's just a victim of a numbers game. I just don't understand why they don't move the guy. Right. And obviously, with. Levo being just the talent that he is, and obviously you talked about how you have all these NHL-ready players down with the Marlies. Like you said, kind of doing the money ball thing where maybe you pick up guys that aren't as expensive, but they'll uh, be better for you later on. And talking about all the different personnel that you have there, obviously you have players like Nylander and Matthews and Marner that are going to need to be either re-signed or get an extension, and then obviously possibly trying to figure out your uh, goaltending asso- uh, association with, or not your association, your situation, excuse me. The backup with, situation. Yeah, with uh, McElhaney and Sparks and all that. Sorry, I, m- I missed the last part. Cut out. Oh, well, we're pretty much we're, what we're asking is, what do you think the three biggest, like there's got to be at least a few priorities, you think, for Kyle Dubas to get through the summer? Like we said, how there's like knee landers and RFA and, Matthews and Marners oh, are good. Right. Of course, yeah. Well, Nylander, I, I'd like to see solve two tweet. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to, you know, sit on that one. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about, like, you know, getting big fish like Tavares, and that's all very exciting and very sexy. And, I mean, who couldn't use another center, especially another all-world center down the middle? But uh, to me, the biggest priority is getting better on defense. Um I think they have a couple guys with the Marlies they could call upon next year. Like, I think they have fine depth. The Marlies are full of guys I have no problem with Leafs calling up. But in terms of making the roster way better, like, I, I look at it as how do you make the roster good enough to beat the Bruins in Game 7? You know what I mean? Like, people are talking about Justin Hall over Roman Polak. That's not going to be the difference there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a difference maker. I'm, you know, Callie Rosen instead of Travis Dermott or something. No. I'm, I'm looking for, you know, instead of top pairing Ron, Ron Hainsey, I'm looking for, like you said, Justin Falk or Ryan Ellis or, or someone along those lines, a real difference maker. But the goalie one uh, intrigues me a lot, too, because there's four guys who could be the backup next year. Exactly. So, uh, you know, Dubas, Dubas, Dubas is going to be busy. Right, and obviously, you don't you don't want to give up a, a talent like Garrett Sparks, but he could definitely be used in other places. I think uh, on your podcast, I, I gave it a listen just the other just last night, where you were talking about how he could be definitely used in a place like Carolina, where your the goalie situation isn't the best, and he could he could fend for the top spot. But obviously, um, like you said, you have four goalies in there, and obviously, you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. And you need a guy, like, I, uh, McElhaney had a lot of success this past season, but I think the odds of him repeating that are low, and also there was a reason he only played uh, the games that he did, is that's about as much as Babcock trusted him. So they need to get a guy who can play, like, 30 games. Is Pickard that guy? I don't know. He only was a backup in the AHL this year, and he was good. He was even very good, but he wasn't one of the best, I would say. And then there's Garrett Sparks, who, 
I, I don't know. That's a lot of trust to put into the guy, so I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do in that department. Well, it's funny because my first ever Leafs game was, you know, the 69-point Leafs team. Nice. They, they, they... And it was Garrett Sparks, and it was, he was hurt at the time, and I was kind of bummed because I I'd known Garrett Sparks because I was part of you know the the Goaliger, the GGSU kind of I guess fan base if you will, and he was so off, and then he goes back I think the next year last year he was half and half him and Bebo, and but now this year he really turned it on, and but Calvin Pickard though the game he the one game he played for the Leafs he looked fine against Colorado, and it it kind of stunk that that was his only game and. We can't, for, like I said, we can't forget Sparks hasn't played the NHL in two years. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Like, I, they could make any one of three decisions in terms of the backup goalie, and I, I, I wouldn't mind any of them. Because for me, it's really a toss-up. Like, McElhinney was, I think, a 9-3-4 goalie. How do you say no to that? Like, how do you let that walk on waivers? Then there's Garrett Sparks, AHL Goalie of the Year. How do you say no to that? Then you got Calvin Pickard, played 87 games in the NHL, and was actually pretty good when he wasn't on the last point in Avalanche. How do you say no to that? I was about to say, him, uh, him in the World Championships, uh, to not this past year, but the year before, he was great in the World Championships. How do you say no to that, you know? How do you say no to that? And uh, this year, I'm just, I'm just looking at his playoff numbers. Uh, doesn't... Uh, he only made 43 saves. He didn't play a whole hell of a lot in the playoffs. He was a 9.56 there, 9.18 during the season. Like they got four good goalies. I'd say their depth is as good as uh, any in the NHL. So I, I wouldn't call that a problem as much as it, as it is something that needs to be addressed. Whereas the defense, I would call a problem. Yeah, because you can't. I don't. It's hard to see like the all. I mean, obviously Sparks, like you said, he's a one way this year. That's how his contract worked. But it's very difficult to see all four in the system. Sticking with the Marlies, so obviously I remember that was one of the big, one of the best lines in the American Hockey League, not just this year, but also not in the playoffs, but the entire season. Was the Alton and Grundstrom and Janssen line, and once Janssen came back from the NHL with that experience, he just turned it on. And that line, I remember, I think you said it in one of the MFRs, that line could be a fourth line in the NHL, I think, because obviously. It's doubtful that Komarov's going to get re-signed. It's doubtful Bozak's going to get re-signed, unless it's for a, a like a legitimately cheap deal. I mean that those that fourth line spot or th- four, third or fourth line that may open up for them. It's definitely possible. Uh, from down the line, I think is going to make it. I don't know about this year. Johnson's going to make it out of camp. He's stupid good. He's not going to learn anything in the American Hockey League. He's far too good for it. Altonen is the guy who. I was never quite sure of, and, and last night on the podcast, Scott Wheeler kind of threw uh, water on that rumor because, you know, he, he needed to get better on the defensive side of the puck. He just he can't take draws. He's not a Babcock sort of guy, but they did sign a, another sweet, well, I shouldn't say another sweet ultimate finish, but they signed a sweet named uh, Per uh, Lindholm, and it sounds like he's a guy who could maybe step in on the fourth line, and then you got an all-Swedish fourth line. That could be cool. I mean, half the, slowly but surely, you know, you add Mike Babcock to a team and half of it becomes Swedish uh, overnight. It's, and, uh, I mean, he had some success with that, so I don't mind it. I'll say, it's that, it's that Detroit thing. It has been, I mean, obviously we've seen them for years in Detroit. I mean, we're Leafs fans living in Michigan, but we've seen it like how the Swedes and all the Russians come through Detroit and they had, for, for the most part, pretty successful years. But sticking with the Marlies here for one last thing was just, 
who do you really see? Who do you see coming through the system? That's not like obviously you know like you said, Janssen's going to be up there. Dermot's going to be up there. Hull will get Hull will get a, a couple of shots for sure. I I was impressed with him when he was when he came up. Who else do you think really has a shot that maybe not everyone's looking at? Um, well, uh, I've been kind of beating the drum for Pierre Engel. Uh, just really excites me. He's a six foot four player. Had a really good season in Sweden. Came over. I think he was a point game guy at the end of the regular season, and then he was a good um, kind of grinding line guy for the Marlies, who he could play with more skilled players uh, that he was. He was playing with. He was playing on. Uh, just a line of skyscrapers. It was uh, Freddy Goche, who's 6'5", Engvall, who's 6'4", and Greening, who is immediately 6'2". Um, he excited me, but I doubt he's going to make the team next year. The, the guy who's picked up steam, and a lot uh, a lot of people who covered the team are very excited about him, is 5'10", 175-pound Trevor Moore. He's uh, 23 years old, uh, out of Thousand Oaks, California. Um Regular season, he only had 33 points in 68 games. That's not a whole heck of a lot, but he had an incredible playoff, 17 points in 20 games. So he, he's a guy with an explosive speed, good shot, good snarl for a guy his size. Uh, I could see them giving him a shot at a camp. I, I totally agree. I mean, he like you said, he was huge in the playoffs, and I hey, as we've seen with Devontae Smith-Pelly, I mean, that his playoff performance is probably going to give him a nice chunk of change. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't believe so much in in giving guys, you know, crazy contracts just because of their, their playoff performance or whatever or putting too, too much stock into it. But it's funny, you know, the Marlies get clobbered in Game 6 of the Calder Cup Final, and I'm waiting there for Game 7 going, man, if they don't respond in this game, it's going to change my view of a lot of these players. Like, they they got to show up. And Garrett Sparks is, like, right at the top of that list because he had a terrible game six. And sure enough, he got uh, sort of asterisk shutout in that game. Uh, but Trevor Moore was a, a guy who was excellent all playoffs when the Marlies needed the most. So, boy, it's it's hard not to not to give him that prop. Right, and there's, there's like you said, there's just so much talent that uh, the Maple Leafs system has that it's just a matter of bringing them up, bringing them up and when and where and then obviously we've talked about uh what they need to do as a defensive core you know trying to get some more fresh bodies in there trying to make it just just far more sturdy that they than they have been to obviously to be a team like the Boston Bruins in the playoffs but just trying to go back to the uh the forwards in uh the Leafs organization do you think that there's any chance that JVR resigns no no, and, and, you know, God love him. He was, he was a great player for the Leafs. He was a great goal scorer. Um, I watched a clip of all his goals from this past season the other day, and I was just laughing. Like, there's so little movement. Uh, the guy doesn't have to move. He's good at one or two things, and he's, like, world-class at them. He's amazing in tight. He's amazing at tip-ins. Um, and if you give him the, the puck in the slot, he'll probably bury it. But neutral zone, defensive zone, that's as useless a forward as the Leafs had uh, this past season. If, if you need a goal suck, great. I mean, what team couldn't use goal scoring? Like, everyone was talking about how Montreal is severely lacking goal scoring, but they got all these passers. 
the GVR could clean up on a team like that. Um, but no, we don't want him. We don't want him in the Atlantic Division. He's got to get out. He's got to sign somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he needs to get lost. But I, at the same time, I, while I do think he's going to put the puck in the net for at least a few more years, whatever contract he signs is going to stink. I, like, it's going to be too much money for too long. Um, and good for him. Go get your cash, man. But I, I just can't see how that that'll be good value. Right, and trying, I mean, I was trying to think of, like, a player that I could relate JVR to back in the day, and it wasn't too far back in the day, but talking about, you know, Detroit and the different Swedes. And the Swedes, yeah. Yeah, Thomas Holmstrom is just was one of those guys that he could sit in front of the net, he was great in the slot, and he didn't really have to do a whole lot of movement, but he was an effective player. In and that I, one role. And that's why he got the, the contracts that he did. Obviously, they're not as inflated as they are now with the different, uh, the bigger cap and all this stuff but JVR really does remind you of a player like Thomas Holmstrom where he is an effective player but it, like you said in that one role yeah and, and I mean that's cute at 4.25 million dollars it's a lot less cute at 7 or 8 yeah. you know, or, or even 6 so uh, you know happy trails um, but the Leafs just they have cheaper guys um, I, I think they're going to change up their style um, because that third line, as incredible as it was on the power play, because JVR and Bozak were part of one of the most deadly power play units in the league, which somehow didn't involve Matthews or Nylander. Well, um, it was it was the Marner thing, Mar- doing the Marner thing. The Marner thing. He did the Marner thing, and the Marner thing worked. But um, they're, they're going to have to change up their style. I, I think they're going to be a faster skating team. They're going to be a, a better team uh, defensively. They're going to be more responsible. I, I just... I didn't trust that line. And, 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 I mean, if you look at how it was deployed, I think it was pretty much exclusively in the offensive zone. Babcock didn't trust them either. Like, Connor Brown, who was like a sophomore player, was the babysitter of that line. Like, he was the guy who was supposed to uh, be the defensively responsible one, and his offensive numbers took a hit. And, gee, I wonder why. Um, you know, they're they're going to have to change up their style. You know, good for Bozak. He, he did what he did good for JVR, he did what he did, it's time to move on. Right, and then kind of going back to, well, what you just talked about quite literally, um, changing up their style, do you see with their moves in the defensive end, do you think they'll switch to maybe having uh, more in-house kind of defenders, where you're having wingers that are going up and down the ice a whole lot, or do you think they'll try to uh, deal their hand at playing with more defensemen that can go up and down the ice, but also play just a little bit right in front of the net?
you know, more than Babcock already has. Um, and it's not like they had bad centers either. Yeah, I mean, that's something, obviously, you can quickly change. I mean, like I said, you know, if you institute a system of, like, uh, Morgan, I think, did a lot more puck rushing this past season than he did the year before, but, of course, he was, you know, put through the ringer and he was given all the hard jobs, so he didn't have any energy to skate the puck up and down the ice. But I think now that they'll see that, there's more of a chance that they're going to allow it, especially Gardner, because Gardner likes to rush the puck, and I've said some things about Gardner uh, under my breath. Like, I watched him play against Detroit this year. Granted, it was on the second half of a back-to-back. But I have never felt more nervous with a man with a puck than when Gardner had it sometimes, and at least in his own zone. In the offensive zone, he's wonderful. But, in like, from the blue line in towards the Leafs' net, he's, he, he, gets, he gets me a little nervous. Yeah, and it's funny. You know, I've seen, I've seen him from Kurtz recently, and they're extremely favorable to Gardner. You know, his defensive impact is actually very good. Uh, compared to most of his peers, um, and I, dude, I believe it. I've, I've watched him play. Generally speaking, when he's on the ice and the Leafs have the puck, it's the Leafs heading down the other way. Um, but situations will arise, like a rookie like Jake DeBrus coming at you, where for crying out loud, you got to know which way to pivot, and you you got to be able to box that player out and. They just didn't have the depth um, that they needed to succeed in that role. Like, oh, God, it bugs me so much that Morgan Riley took that shot to the face. If he doesn't do that, they might have won that game. Right. And if Jake Gardner doesn't try to knock out, you know, DeBrusque at the last second instead of play the puck, I mean, who knows if that goal would have gone in. But you know. Yeah, or forget that Patrice Bergeron exists on the sixth goal. Like, he, he was just as bad of a third period as you could possibly have. Doesn't mean he's a bad player. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. There needs to be some happy medium between he's not a bad player and he does make some pretty dumb mistakes. Now, I got to ask you, because Alex and I have been through both as well, which game, this is completely a side topic where we're going off of, which game seven do you think was worse? You know, I'm starting to lean towards this one. I'm starting to lean towards the most recent one because the 2013 one was always a Cinderella run that I never really believed in. Like, we were all yelling and screaming. How do you not believe? You got to believe in James, man. James led us to the promise. Almost did. He almost led us to the promised land. I believed in in Reimer, for sure. I just didn't believe in the rest of the team. But the, the... the loss was the loss in 2013 was so cartoony that it was funny. Like I'm like, okay, at least I can make something of this. And you know, how do you not laugh at yourself? Your team blew a four-one lead in Game Seven, and they were the first team to ever do it. How do you stay mad? How do you? You can't live your life that way. You gotta laugh at that. This Game Seven, I'm like, oh my god, they they were good enough. And they just blew it. Like, that's a good game. They were right there with the Bruins. They should have been there with the Bruins. And they should have been there with Tampa in the next round. And they simply blew it. And that hurts me more. Like, like you you said it once in the, you said in the LFR. That Kapanen goal is one of the greatest goals I think I've ever seen. And yet, there's will be the asterisk next to it that we still lose that game. Dude. Thomas Buchanan saving the puck off the line in the first period, people would be screaming for him to be re-signed if they win that stupid game. Um, 
And it, it's amazing. It's amazing how uh, these Game 7s have erased some actual, like, incredible performances within them. There was the Buchanan play. There was the Kapanen goal. In Game 7 in 2013, Phil Kessel got the fourth one. Kessel got the third, or sorry, Kadri got the third one. Who got goals one and two? Uh, JBR, I think. I, I would think so. I don't know. I couldn't think off the top of my head. I, I couldn't tell you if I tried. No. Wasn't JBR, and I'll give you a clue. He scored both. Clark MacArthur. <laughs> he was Cody Franzen. Oh, my gosh. There's a name for you. in Game 7 as a defenseman. No one remembers it. No one remembers the thing. The guy's playing in the American League right now. I, I, like, I, it's, it's a life-altering thing. Yeah, if he if he wasn't just it wasn't was it like I forget was it he was was he a locker room problem is that why he got traded was him and Carlisle kind of button heads or I forget what how that all fell through. Man, you put up with a locker room problem who scores two goals in a game seven that you win. <laughs> if you lose it, eh, have fun in Rockford, stupid. <laughs> Rockford. Oh gosh, I've been there once. It's actually not a great town. No, Illinois. Illinois is a great state. Don't get me wrong, but. Rockford is just one of those places that you you just go around it, go around you it. You don't go through it, yeah. I didn't even know that's where it was, man. Oh yeah, well it's it's funny because like how the Chicago Wolves are right down the road from the Hawks, but yet they're not teams. I don't know. The AHL can be kind of funny. We're we, we're not all as fortunate as hey Rico's you know right down Lakeshore to AC yeah. to the ACC. But yeah. so, so switching gears here, we're, we're gonna one last thing here before we let you go here. Um, the Max Domi trade that just happened. It's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm bummed as a Leafs fan because I wanted to see Max wear a Leafs sweater just like his dad did and all that great stuff. But it's kind of, I mean, I think maybe he needs that extra jump to go to Montreal and Galich needed a new start in Arizona. But I saw your Twitter yesterday and you were pretty fired up about, you know, how they re-signed him immediately after, even though they kind of did the same thing with Duran last year or two years ago. Man, I... I could see Domi working out like he seems like a guy who, you know, plays on on passion and all that. But I think a lot of people rightfully pointed out that that's not the player they needed. Maybe that was the best player they could get for Galchenyuk. Like one thing I will commend them for doing is, you know, whether they hated Galchenyuk uh, for the right reasons or not, they didn't like that player. And rather than, you know, have it hang over their head for another full season, they finally made the move. So good on them for that, I guess, and good on them for getting, you know, at least some value back. But what are you going to do, find goal scoring in free agency? Like, that's extremely expensive, and those deals rarely work out. Um, are you going to get John Tavares? What are you? What are they banking on, I, I guess, is, is what I'm most confused about. What the... the the worst teams in the NFL are always the teams where you can't tell what they are. You know right. what I mean? Like, I know what the Bruins are. I know what the Leafs are. I know what the Lightning are. Uh, I know what the Capitals are. What, what are the Canadians trying to be? Other than, you know, it's one thing to have Carey Price play the hero, and that's how you win hockey games. It's another thing to, like, intentionally be that way. Like, you, you, should, be, you should be trying to be, be good beyond just your goaltender. 
Right, and that's a pretty darn question, good question of you know who the Montreal Canadiens are and what they will be in the future. That's going to be a bad contract, that Carey Price deal. And like in four years, if he doesn't, unless he turns around, I mean, he can't be any worse than he was. I mean, Carey Price is, I mean, he still has capabilities, I think, of being Carey Price. I just don't know if it's for 10 years. Right. Yeah, and this is why, man, unless it's a really young guy, like, you know, McDavid, I have no problem with that contract. It's Connor freaking McDavid. But, like, imagine Carey Price is heading into contract negotiations with the Canadians right now. Is he getting 10 points five? I don't know about that, man. Not after oh. that season. No, I, I wouldn't see him going... Probably maybe getting seven, but ten, no. Well, that's why it's so funny about these kind of contracts is like some some guys do sign early, and that's why I'm going to kind of twist this for, like I said, I'm sorry I meant to say one last thing, but I forgot to ask this question. Do you think, going back going back to Ottawa, do you think with Hoffman going, do you think that increases the chances of Carlson re-signing, or do you think, that, do you think he's still going to try to play out this year and try to test the market next summer? I mean, you know, go 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 on to greener pastures, man. You're you're not gonna win there. What are you gonna do? Win a Stanley Cup in Ottawa? You almost did. Good for you. It's not happening now. It won't. Get out. It won't be in Ottawa. It'll be in Quebec City. Well, we'll man, yeah, we'll have to see about that. Yeah, well, let's say Berkshire will have to. He'll he'll have to give up the Canadians and become a Quebec City fan, wherever they whatever they call themselves. Oh, that poor tortured soul. <laughs> yeah. And talking about the the scorched earth and. Uh, getting Carlson out of there. We'll, uh, we'll let you go and get you out of here. So thank you so much for being on the show. It's obviously a pleasure having you on. Uh, yep. You can all, for all you guys listening out there, you can catch Steve. Uh, you can follow his Twitter at Steve underscore dangle for all, for always great fun tweets. And if you follow his Instagram, good doggo, good doggo videos, good doggo videos. Um, also you can catch, you can also catch the, uh, the Steve dangle podcast here on SoundCloud or Google play and iTunes or your favorite pod catcher, catch the pod. Or something like that. Whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you want to call it. But um Steve oh yeah, Steve, you have Come a book I'm about to say, Steve, you have a you have a book coming out here soon or in the near future. Yeah, not till uh, April twenty nineteen, working on editing it right now. I actually uh, just got um, a first look at what the cover could look like yesterday. I'm Ooh. very excited. Is it and now okay. Is it you in like one of your hometowns or are you probably are you sitting there in Maple Leaf Square? You know, sitting on the bench, staring at the photo awkwardly while Con Smythe stares at you. Yeah, you'll have to wait till I release it, my friend. Ooh, always keeping them on the edge. All right, Steve, thank you very much for taking the time once again, and uh, definitely good luck to you. And silly season is definitely here. Yeah, good, good, uh, good talk. My phone's at four percent. That's how I know it was a good talk. Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> All right, see you, Steve. Take- well, that was fun. That was fun. Obviously, uh, bringing in a, a guy, an, an extra voice is always quite refreshing. And obviously, you know, Steve Dangle, he's been uh, re- he's been kind of influential in the, the Toronto uh, fan base community. And obviously, I mean, shoot, 80,000 people like him over, that's, 80, over that's, 82,000. That's you. four ACCs or in a couple weeks, the SA. Should we, should we call it the SA? I don't want the saw, the saw, the saw, dude. Oh my gosh. We're going to the saw, dude. Dude, we're going to the saw, dude. Oh my gosh. This is totally, 
Yes, we're going to a game this, next year. And where, where are we going? Saw, dude. The, the Saw. The Saw. But... No, not the Saw, just Saw. No, no well, it's the Saw. It's the Scotiabank Arena. No, you keep saying the Saw. It just sounds like a horror movie waiting to happen. I mean, hey, if they have a bad season, it will be a horror movie. But no. hopefully they don't. No, but... So... Talking about not-so-horrible movies, I mean, obviously, that was a... That was a great interview. It was, was a, it, I thought it was pretty wood. That was a horrible segue. Oh, the way, you're going to something else. No, yeah. I, that was actually pretty good. Um, But there's other news we didn't talk about. We obviously talked about Hoffman. Yeah, obviously. But yesterday, more coach... Oh, where are you going, Alex? Sorry. Well, I was, I was going to say, I mean, talking about a good season, the, the not-so-horror season, you know, you have a guy like the coach of the... Quote unquote, what the NHL calls the defending Stanley Cup champions. They are the defending. They are defending now. It's not the. It's not like wrestling where you're defending the Stanley Cup it, every time that you play. It isn't like the olden days where that's where it was the ancient was the Stanley the Challenge Cup. Excuse me. Yeah, the where, Challenge Cup. Lord Stanley's. Lord Stanley's Challenge Cup, where you literally each team just challenge each other. It's like you call them out, and can you imagine? You know, the Dawson City Klondikers coming up from UConn, just walking down here. Hey, we're gonna play you, Ottawa fellers. We're going to challenge you to a game right here, right now. In the crowd of like 20 people. Ah! Let me tell you something, brother. Back when Hawk- it's going to be the Klondikes and the Ottawa boys for Lord Stanley. The Shield. Silver Seven and the Klondikers. It, yeah, it's just like, it like, and it's like, that was like back when like hockey was like indie wrestling. It was kind of just like, hey. I mean, it was small. It was. Then again, every, almost everything was Then again, no one small. wants to sit outside negative 30 temperatures and yeah, watch no. a hockey game. Um, I mean. Well. Well, nowadays it's different because it doesn't happen often. Now it's every special. Game. Imagine it, well, well, it does happen. Well, it's eh, it's lost speciality. I mean, we've gone over. That's this another episode for another day. I don't know, let's say, do we talk about the winter classic in summer? Maybe it'll cool us off. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Do it by the pool too. Poolside with the winter. Poolside with Keel boys. Um, but yes, Barry Trotz. Sorry, we had, that's holy cow. That was a, that was a tangent. I, right. I swear, as soon as Steve left, we were tangerines back again. Tangerines back again. Um. So Barry Trotz is res- resigned yesterday. If for any of you that don't know, as uh, the Washington Capitals head coach, and the funny thing was was that there was w- there was all talk all the time going into the playoffs. If Washington doesn't do anything, if they don't make if they don't beat Pittsburgh, Barry Trotz is out. If they don't beat Columbus, Barry Trotz is out. If they don't win the cup, Barry Trotz is out. And then they win. Well, they, there was whispers of an extension. They probably were going to offer him something. They were maybe no, no, it, was, it wasn't even whispers of an extension. Well, no, they, they, they had a verbal agreement already set out that if the Washington Capitals uh, won the Stanley Cup, that he would get a two-year extension with an added extra three hundred thousand each year to his original contract, which was one point five. So that'd make it for the next two years one point eight million. He's still one for of the, the next two it's years. Fu- it's funny. He's still one of the lowest paid coaches in the National Hockey League. Well, not want to say the lowest, but like in terms of his pedigree, in terms of his his background, his history, like his his line of success. When remember, he built Nashville from the ground up. Well, yeah, but you're also thinking Barry Trotz is kind of like a mercenary, somebody that you hire to make things good. So it, I mean, obviously the one point five makes sense. So you're because well, he signed that at the time, of course, right? Because you're bringing him in to do one job, and that's to make your team better. The Sorry, and and at the at the deal of one point five, I've I don't know if that was just I don't know what his I don't know what his pay grade was at in Nashville, but at one point five to bring in a coach for a couple years, that I mean that kind of makes sense. You're not going to be paying him a long term kind of deal, which I think is what he's going to be looking for after getting that that Stanley Cup. 
Right, and of course, like he said, there was going to be an extension, or he want they were going to even give him more money if they won the cup, which he did. Unfortunately, so it's kind of like a well, this is what we offered you. They were going to stick by it, but Trotz believed, which rightfully so, he believed he deserved more, which is like I said, deservedly so. He just he took a team that was supposed to be worse than the year before, even though they didn't. Who they lose? Justin Williams, Kevin Shattenkirk. No, no, hold on, let me go here. Okay, um, he deserved he deserves every penny. I mean, what are you gonna? I mean, what are you gonna do? Hire? I, I know the Hershey Bears are always pretty. I, who's their coach in Hershey? I, I don't Dude, know. Dude, I don't even know. Like, I mean, unless you unless you don't want to repeat. I mean, I guess if you have your cup, good on. I mean, you won your cup. I guess, and I, like, oh, I think Ovi. Let's put it this way: if Ovi scores thirty goals next season, let's not be surprised. I mean, I I think he won the cup. He did what he had to do, and that that's what the Capitals think. That's why they didn't budge when Trotz asked for more. And Trot said, "Well, if I'm, because he's going to get more elsewhere, that's for sure." Well, well, kind of going off of the Ov talk, I think part of me says that Ov is going to coast from here on in, and he's just going, he's just going to, he's just going to milk the cow for what it's worth. But at the same time, I'm he thinking he, he can. Well, but at the same time, I'm kind of thinking, you know, I mean, I'm we're the, all the with all the Kovalchuk uh, talk, especially talk about milking I, it. He he played. He's top pedigree talent. He was one of those guys that if you were to play an NHL video game, you would try to trade for him to bring him onto your team because he was just that good. Because he's a 97, that's why. Exactly, and he's just... With a, a 99 shot, 76 right, he, he, skating. He's, he's, he's a great player, and then he, he decides to go back home, and then he milks the cow in Moscow. Makes his rubles. Yeah, he makes his rubles. He milks the cow for all it's worth in Moscow, and then he looks back across the Atlantic Ocean, and he's like, you know... Well, because his intentions are, as of right now, they have been reported as he wants to come back to the NHL and he wants to play for an, an extended period of time. So I'm talking like five years, five years, five years, seven years, whatever, whatever he can, how much is as much as he what can. If, what if? Because <laughs> I think he misses it because I think he obviously, yeah, it's great to win and stuff. Well, remember, but, he was going to come last year, Alex. Well, yeah, I'm, but I think, but that would have messed when, up his contract. When you're when you're in Moscow and you're just sitting there, and he's yeah, it's it's nice to win, but sometimes you get sick of it. Sometimes it's better to get in the trenches and feel the struggle, and it's it's more exhilarating to do that compared to just sitting there and basically fighting midgets. Right. Well, that's, for that's, lack of better terms, it's fine then because St. Petersburg dominates the KHL. They win the growing Cup all the Excuse time. Excuse me, small people. My, I beg my, I beg my pardon. Yes, well, like they compared to yes, he's a big fish in a smaller pond. Right, and it's almost comparable to the way Saint Petersburg is going over to Kovalchuk, because I remember reading Ken Dryden's book, The Game, and right. I, and read if anyone can find it, read it. I have a paper, I have a paperback copy. Found it for like I think it was like fifteen bucks on sale at a, at a is it a Schuler's in Eaton Center? I think it was a Schuler's. Um, bought the book. And it talks about how No, that, actually I think you bought it at Barnes and Noble. No, it was in Canada. I was in no, I was with I was with Kel. Oh. That was when that was remember when the car broke. Oh yeah, that, that would have been Shooters, yeah. Yeah. So we went there so I get the book and I read it, and it's about how it was it was during seventy nine. It was the last cup run, the four straight. And he talks about just how beaten everyone was. Everyone was kind of just tired. Everyone's just really beaten down and tired and kind of just over everything. Maybe Kolchuk's over dominating the KHL. Maybe once Yeah, that's what I mean. But what if now, I know we're just, we're kind of going different trots here, but obviously we'll get to him back in a second. Yeah, we're trotting I'll, in different directions. I will, I will wrap this thing around like a racetrack. We'll, tr- we'll you know trot there. At, you know I work at one of those, right? I yeah, we'll, we'll trot to the right destination. Just give us a second. Um, What if Kovalchuk gets signed by Washington at the right price oh, just to play with Ovechkin? You, you know what? I would love to see that. No, I wouldn't. 
I we play them three times, Alex. I don't. Okay, as a as a Leafs fan, no. But I go back to this as a hockey fan. I would love to see Kovalchuk and Ovechkin play. You know, hell, if I could, I would take Ovechkin. Kovalchuk and Datsuk as a second line. I would love that. I don't think Datsuk. You want to know why? I don't think Ken Holland would let him back in. Actually, oh, no, I forgot. He's an Arizona guy. John exactly. Chaka will not trade him. Oh, yes, he will. John Chaka will not For trade him. For the right money? Heck you mean yeah, the right he will. players? Hey, if Barry Trotz didn't resign, hey. Oh, we didn't even ask Steve about John Carlson. I just realized that. That's fine. Yeah. He'll get signed. No, he won't. Um, Sorry, back to Barry Trotz. I, so, I, but but I, I, would, I would love to see then. You know what? Just... Going going back to Barry Trotz as a hockey as as a, well yeah but as <laughs> as a hockey fan wherever Barry Trotz goes I'm all for it because that's just make it just makes because he's a fixer upper he's a what's 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 the record Ralph well, fix it Felix well here's the thing it was he like, goes he goes to these different teams it wasn't like they were he, bad though Alex no it's not like they were bad but he just makes them that much better like look at Nashville I mean he, don't get me wrong he's enough Nash- from Adam Oates but Na- Nashville wasn't. They were an expansion team. They weren't awful, quote unquote. Well, they, Alex, they were an expansion team. They were they right. were awful. Okay, they weren't that bad though. In comparison to the uh, to other teams, they weren't that bad. But if you br- when you bring in Barry Old Trotz, man Wayne Gretzky put five assists on a Rangers team that was awful in their opening in the inaugural season, dude. What I'm saying is Barry Trotz goes ar- the Jeff Book Boom. And he Greg goes Popovich. around to other places and he just makes teams better. And when there's more teams that are better and the playing field is level and you don't have a bunch of teams that suck, it just make as a hockey fan it just makes everything more entertaining. So if if Barry Trotz were to go to like Arizona. Or if he goes somewhere, you yeah, know what? I, well, I would I would love to see him go to Arizona or the, or the or the New York Islanders and just well, make them a the, contender. That's what I was about to say, Alex. The Islanders uh, they need a coach. They, they need, need a coach. Lou would pay for it. Lou would pay for it. Lou is in charge of that team now, and that's extra incentive for Tavares to stay. Exactly. You get a Stanley Cup winning coach coming into the fold. I, I mean, yes, I want Tavares to be a Leaf. You have but a mobster I, in the head office. You have, you have a gangster you, behind the bench. You have a Lou crew taking control. I think I, if I'm Barry, I'm, I, I'm going for it. Why not? I, Why not? You I mean, know, I, you have a team that has I, capabilities. Yes, it's struggled with goaltending, but let's be honest. That first year in Washington, they didn't do great. You know what I was just thinking? I Well, I wouldn't use the term go for it. But I mean, Barry, Barry Trotz, take a look at the Islander. You know, just go see how what what Rico Coliseum looks like nowadays. You mean Nasso or whatever? Nasso, Nasso Coliseum. You said Rico. Did I just say Rico? You said Rico. Oh, I'm sorry. But you, you get I know, what, Alex. The Marlies won the Calder Cup. I am excited as you are. But just your back straight. Just get what I, get what I'm going with here. All right, you got you got to trot with me a little bit. But we got Barry and, Trotz with you a little bit. Yeah, Barry Trotz with me a little bit. But I was thinking, I mean, we need yeah, a sound yeah, effect. Yeah, but I'm. <laughs> It's gotta be like it's got it's gotta be like no no not that I was gonna it's oh gotta the trotting be, no it's gotta be that but I'm, we need we need like the animaniacs remember the animaniacs you know whenever they say something to go over to wacko yeah something like that but if hypothetically Barry Trotz were to go to the island you would have Tavares there you would have supposedly I mean, supposedly well, well supposedly I mean we have, have we have we have two I'm not gonna name I'm not gonna name off the rest of the Islanders players but and then you have Lou up top. I mean, you've got trots behind the bench. You need a goaltender. You need That's where I bring That's where I bring in Lou. I bring in Lou thinking, "Okay, him and Dubis can make a deal." 
maybe bring in Garrett Sparks or Pickard or somebody. I wouldn't want. See, here's the thing now. I don't. Now you're talking at my heart train. Don't do that. Pick who's another goaltender that's available. That's good. Hey, all hey Carter all, Hutton's available. All I'm saying. Carter Hutton's a free agent. Don't trade anything. Just get Carter Hutton. Don't mess with the. I don't know what they're going to do with the league. All I'm saying is, as he made a good point. As, I don't as, know what the heck's going as on. A it's business, a great, horrible problem. As a business guy and just talking about it, it'd be a great alliance. I mean, yeah, you're in the same conference. You're, you're in the same conference, but the yeah, island, Alex, the Islanders, and the it's, Islanders and the Leafs doing no, business no. can only be good. No, it won't. Yeah, it will. No, it won't. Because if because one trade will come to bite each other in the butt, and historically speaking, it's the Leafs that get bit in the butt. Andrew, well, Ray, it's not, Andrew Raycroft. Well, I would call, no. I would Andrew say Raycroft, Leafs. Calder Cup or Calder Trophy winning. Okay, goaltender. that was different Fantastic. circumstance. We trade Tuukka Rask, this random Finnish goaltender. Yeah, different whatever. circumstance. We have a great goaltender coming in. You didn't know. They yeah. didn't know better. I mean, we did get Phil Kessel. They didn't know who Tuukka Rask was gonna be. And I will tell admit, I would have rather taken Phil Kessel over Tyler Sagan. Exactly. I would have. That, you didn't know. You didn't know. But, well, you better call somebody. I, but it's just like I just don't know because I, I, you got to be careful with that, Alex. You may be able to do some trades with other teams or whatever, but, but of course, if I'm if I'm the least, I'm not trading my assets to a team that I'm going to play three times a year, Alex. Yeah, but here's the thing, also though. I know it's different. If I learned anything from Paulie, dangerously, an alliance can work. Not not forever, but it'll work. Well, yes, and Alex, I, I don't think the Leafs are in that win-now mode where we can build an alliance. I think the Leafs are still in that period of development, but, hey, we're winning. If the Leafs win the Cup, awesome. I'm not... They're still going to be doing the same thing, hopefully. Right, and that's why the whole Marlowe thing was like, wait, what? Wait, why are we doing the Marlowe thing? And then they signed Marlowe. I'm like... Oh, when they, when they signed Marlowe, I was all for it. I was like, I, heck yeah! Well, it was I, when, okay. It's when they signed Bucanics is when I No, flipped. they didn't trade it. Well, they tra- Okay. We need a center, dude. Dominic Moore is not going to be a good fourth line center in the playoffs. You, you could to know you that. could play Marlowe as a center. Marlowe was, but that, however, Placanics, Marlowe, and Martin, that was a. You have to admit that line worked. Okay, that line it worked, worked out. That's, That's it. Didn't work. It worked out. It won't. And Placanics won't get signed. I hope. He, what if he goes back to Montreal? <laughs> I mean, and I, w- I wouldn't the, mind seeing and Domi and Placanics so, on the same line. Literally, the Ooh. Leafs just hand back. The so so here's what happened. Oh. That means that the trade deadline last year, the Toronto Maple Leafs gave Montreal a second-round pick. Wait a second. I've got it. Okay? This is what I'm saying. If you're going to say Domi, Duran, and Placanics, I will slap you. No, 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 no. This is my theory. All right. So Max Domi just got traded to Montreal. He did? Oh, my gosh. I did not know. Okay. Toronto re-signs Placanics. Keep rolling with me. For what? A dollar? Just, a dollar? Just, 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 No, seriously, it's got to be Canadian dollar. Well, just hold on here. A quarter, hold quarter. on. Hold resigns with the Leafs. A two-way contract. A two-way contract. No, it's a joke, Alex. He won't do that. Okay, fine. One way, even. Okay, any contract where he'll, Three he'll way. sign. Three-way. Put him with the, put him with the growlers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's going... First line center for your Newfoundland growlers, Thomas Mechanic. But no, just just keep going with me. Montreal has a situation with goaltending that they need being fixed. Okay. Woo! No. Send no, Pickard and Placanitz to Montreal for Domi. Bring Domi. Met. Put him in the sweater that his daddy Alex, wore. You are doing that. And they're gonna win. Damn it, Alex! You're doing they're that. gonna do it. Alex. Max Domi's gonna play fourth line, and he's gonna beat the crap out of people. Alex, it's gonna be great. Alex, main event: Max Domi versus God. 
<laughs> you know Max don't... Alex, Max always not a fighter. He's a playmaker. He can do it, though. No, he cannot. He cannot do a darn thing. It's... it's Kelly, get out of here. I'm on a roll. <laughs> they call me butter because I'm on a roll. Oh. It's it's just... I Max don't... I, here's the thing. I love him on the Leafs, but I'm okay if the Leafs didn't get him. If they don't, I'll be I'll be okay. This if is he scores 40 goals next season, I'll be humiliated. But I think... I really think that... If Placanis is going to go to Montreal anyways, why not sign him for a chump change and then sell him? Who knows? Instead of just giving him. I, he could have probably just his contract. Yeah, but that's Bergevin, though. I, it's funny how, like, I'm surprised Steve didn't ask anything about these shenanigans or whatever. Because I was ready to talk about how, like, oh, Lou was our guy for three years, man. Yeah. We, didn't even ask, we didn't ask him if Lou Paul's going to get a contract. Nah, he's not. He's not. Yeah, that's true. But. Here's a th- it, It's just one of those things, especially with, like, interviews and stuff. We gotta ask the questions, and we the uh, where was I going with this? You were going absolutely nowhere, Alex. We did good. We did good. I think I think today was a solid one. It's a little gloomy outside. Still sunburnt from yesterday and Sunday. Who whose fault is that? It was actually you know what I hey I should not have been sunburnt. I thought it was me cloudy all day at Michigan's adventure. Who are you gonna blame? Apollo. I'm going to blame Shivering Timbers for drilling. Actually, you know what? They don't have the metal bars at Shivering Timbers anymore. They don't. They actually put like rubber and padded it so it's not as painful but oh, it's, BS I know pain was half of it and with pain there is gain and with this gain we're ending it thank you once again for listening to the Steve uh, I was the about Steve to say the Dan- Steve Dangle podcast no well, this Steve is the Keel podcast the Steve Dangle episode of the Keel podcast we'll see you next time see you later bye